Welcome back, beautiful people. My name is Dr. John Lakey. This is Forever Young. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. Thank you so much for listening to us and sending in all your topic requests. Uh, it's been an overwhelming response, and we are excited. Today, we're going to talk about something that I feel is very important in anyone deciding to undergo a surgical procedure. Absolutely. This is something that we have had questions from the day we've started practice, and we still continue to, even though we have clear uh, written instructions for everyone. We want to go over this with you guys because we know that everyone's not having surgery with us. So we're going to talk to you about how you can optimize your surgical results preoperatively, intraoperatively, and postoperatively. Yeah, I think, you know, and this is a, a huge topic, and I think what we'll do is we'll touch on certain procedures, and that way it'll give you an idea. If you have uh, questions regarding your upcoming procedure or anything like that, please feel free to email us, uh, you know, and contact us. Let us know what your questions are. That way we can answer them in a question-answer question session. And some of this stuff may be really just simple common sense, um, but we're still going to talk about it because some people think that, you know, if they have liposuction, for example, and they gain weight, they're not going to gain weight. Um, and we'll go over some simple things that may really kind of be elementary for some people, but for some people, it may really change their post-operative course and make their results so much better. Because if you're having plastic surgery, we want you to have the best results possible. Mm -hmm. And we want you to do everything in your power to get those results. Because Half of it, or let's say 60, 70% of it is what we do in surgery, but a lot of it has to do with before and after as well. Definitely. So I love using the whole garden uh, analogy, and the idea is that you can just plant seeds, but uh, it's definitely not going to grow the best it can if we don't have, we don't optimize the soil going in. Uh, you have to pick the quality seeds, and I liken that to having an experienced and board-certified plastic surgeon. And then afterwards, if you don't water or, or add nutrition to your plants, they're not going to grow. And so the same thing applies here with the human body. And so we can actually optimize our body's performance or to get you in that ready state so you have a better outcome. And that's regardless of doing anything intra or post-operatively. So one of the first things that we do, I'll just bring you through our, uh, you know, mentality, our thought process. And the idea is we want to make sure that you are well informed, and so you need to know all of the common risks. Now, listen. First thing we do, we sit down for a pre-op, uh, you know, meeting, and we'll go over the procedure that you're about to undergo, what to expect the morning of. But we need to know about the risks. And the idea is, you know, the American Society of Plastic Surgeons and American Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons has these consents that list everything from infection and bleeding and death. But the idea is your surgeon needs to touch on the most common. These are the ones that you could potentially, uh, that could happen to you. So outside of that, I think the next step is optimizing your physiology. So what are, you, what are your recommendations? So, you know, we bring everyone in, whether they're young or old. So we can talk about, I can tell you about a simple breast augmentation patient that's 23 years old. And Dr. Lakey can talk to you about a facelift patient that's 65 years old. And we take the same approach to everyone. So if you're over 40 years old, we will have you go see your doctor to get to 
uh, a full history and physical and a medical clearance. Whereas if you're younger, we'll just do some labs. But certain simple labs we take a look at to make sure that your surgical risks are down to as minimal as possible. Mm -hmm. And if, if you have an underlying condition and you're younger, obviously you will require uh, clearance from your physician uh, as well. The other thing is we want to make sure that prior to going under you know, an operation and going through with an operation, you are optimized physiologically. Meaning, number one, you're not taking certain supplements or medications that are going to make you bleed during surgery. Because mm -hmm. sometimes you'd be surprised some herbs that can really thin your blood and make you bleed. And then after the fact, you develop a hematoma and you say, why did that happen? Now, we have a, a printed out piece of paper that basically tells you everything you need to avoid prior to surgery. We tell people to avoid that two weeks before. Mm -hmm. With that said, one of the biggest no-nos, and we're going to do a full podcast about this, is smoking. You're a smoker, we won't touch you, okay? And it's the best way to quit smoking. We basically will tell you three weeks before, three weeks after you have to stop because the effects of smoking on your body and on the small, tiny little capillary vessels that make all of the wounds heal are really detrimental. So that's and one that of those that even no means one... One cigarette, uh, that means nicotine gum, that means a nicotine patch. The idea is we know it's difficult, but again, this is your body, your face, and uh, you know to withhold something that's going to hurt you from having a, a great outcome, I think is, uh, you know, is optimizing. And we always talk about things like avoiding a high salt diet, a, heart, a high carbohydrate diet, high uh, diet in refined sugars, and avoiding caffeine and alcohol pre and post operatively. Mm -hmm. I got a phone call last night from a patient. I mean, I, literally a patient I did a breast dog on and she goes, I don't feel good. I, I drank a half a bottle of wine. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you've got to listen to what we say as well, because I could tell you all this, you can sign the paperwork, you, you know, how many times have you been given something and you just sign it without reading it? Mm -hmm. This is an operation on your body. So whether or not you're having surgery in Los Angeles, in New York, in Miami, or wherever, whatever operation you're having, read the risks and read the things that you should not do. It's very important. Mm -hmm. These things aren't just there as legal pieces of paper for us to just cover ourselves. They're important information that you need to stick to so you can have the best post-operative results. Another thing that I think is really important, you have to imagine that uh, surgery itself is like a trauma. And so your body reacts accordingly. You're in an inflammatory state early on, you become more tired, uh, you know, you, you, you just, you can, some, some surgeries, you feel like you were hit by a truck. The idea is uh, for us, all of our patients have the option. We take them, you know, recommend that they undergo uh, a certain IV. Now, whether that's an NAD plus IV to give you more energy so you have more energy post-operatively, or you simply have a Myers cocktail. You have the nutrients and vitamins that are essential because the body goes through major fluid shifts and things like that. So everyone that we have, we, we usually send up to Remedy Place right up on Sunset. It's a fantastic spot. And so we'll do a pre-operative IV to essentially get your body ready for surgery. And that is preoperatively, we give you some stuff in surgery, and then after surgery, there's an option as well that really helps. High-dose vitamin C really helps. Mm -hmm. th these things are, you know, 
a lot of people think that that these IV uh, therapies are gimmicks, but they really aren't. They really, really help. It's interesting when we did the hair transplant uh, podcast, we talk about how we give IVs in the, the room when you're getting a hair transplant, because what it does is increases blood flow to the area, which then makes the grafts heal better. Mm-hmm. So all these little things that we add on to your surgery, they're not just to make you feel like you're getting this presidential treatment or you're in Beverly Hills. No, we want your results to be over the top. So we pre-treat you with Arnica and bromelain. You know, I know for a fact that Dr. Lakey, when he does a rhinoplasty, he tells all his patients, go the natural way. Just eat pineapple, have pineapple juice. Pineapple contains a significant amount of bromelain. Bromelain is a substance that decreases inflammation. So it's great. You won't have as much black and blue around your eyes. You won't Mm -hmm. have those raccoon eyes. You won't have the swelling if you stick to the post-operative regimen. And I definitely recommend starting two days before. You know, I always say two days before, one day before, and each day following surgery. So that's where you take the Arnica. That's where you, you know, go to the grocery store, grab some fresh pineapple, blend it up with ice and water, and make a pineapple smoothie, including some of the core, because that's where the most majority of the bromelain sits. And if you don't like pineapple, just go get the bromelain uh, supplements. Absolutely. And, and along with that, there's some absolute no-no. So smoking is one of them. Aspirin is the other. Any type of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, which is Advil, ibuprofen, anything like that, Motrin, these substances will make you bleed more. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, if you take Coumadin or heparin or things like that, that's a big difference and we, we won't even, yep. you know, we'll stop those beforehand. But those things, we have to make sure that you're ready for surgery. And for facial procedures like Dr. Lakey, uh, that, that he does a ton of these, we want to make sure that your skin's in optimal shape. We don't mm-hmm. want you to go and have... Uh, you know, get a tan before, have super hyperpigmented spots. We want you to be ready. So when we do do a facelift with laser, it's going to give you the best results possible. This is Dr. John Lakey at Forever Young. Hope you're enjoying the show. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after a quick break. You know, hey, uh, let's give you a, a real example. Let's say you're a 35-year-old female that's coming in for liposuction. We've had this happen before where uh, without getting the proper nutrients before, without maintaining proper hydration, you come in because you're NPO after midnight and you're extremely dehydrated. So now heart rate's up. Uh, and so during the surgery, you're, you're tachycardic, which means your, your, your heart's beating quickly. So what do we do? We give you more fluid. Well, the fluid afterwards sometimes slows the recovery because you swell more. It's more difficult to get your rings on and off. You see your feet swell, your shoes swell. It, it raises our suspicion for complications. And, uh, you know, I think that this is a very real potential. So the goal is when you optimize yourself and bring yourself in, you know, as hydrated as you can be and containing the nutrients that you have, you know, to optimize, that your surgical recovery is going to be that much easier. Absolutely. And and I think down that same kind of path is stress. You know, you can't go into something like this stressed out. A lot of people think, oh, stress. No, it, it matters. You know, where you are, it, with your mental clarity and how you are mentally is going to really set you up for that post-operative course. You have to be in the right mind frame. 
ready for this. We have patients that come in that are so excited to have surgery. They're nervous, which is normal, but they're excited. They've taken care of themselves. They've gotten themselves ready, you know, and, and they're, and they have the best results because they're in that right mind frame. Just because, for example, you're having a mommy makeover, a tummy tuck and liposuction doesn't mean you should go and gain five or 10 pounds because we're taking it off. You know, we always tell people, Get yourself in the best shape possible before you have these procedures because your recovery will be that much easier. And your results will be that much better. Absolutely. I'll, you know, I'll never forget 20 some odd years ago, I had ACL surgery and my orthopedic surgeon looked at me and said, get in the best shape possible. I'm like, what do you mean? I just tore my ACL. He goes, I don't care. Get in the best shape possible because your recovery is going to be a piece of cake. And it's true. So you you get yourself ready, you work out. So when you get in there and you tighten those abdominal muscles and you liposculpt, it looks even better. And then remember, after surgery, you have six weeks of downtime. So whether you're having a facelift or a breast lift or a mommy makeover or liposuction, you're not gonna be working out for six weeks. So to get yourself in perfect shape prior to having a surgical procedure is the best way to go. Mm-hmm. So now that gets us into intraoperative. So listen, how besides experience, how do we, uh, you know, give our patients adjunctive procedures to help prolong the results or get or maximize our results? See, it's a great question, and this is something that we discuss regularly. And again, what we think sets us apart or sets plastic surgeons that are more cutting edge apart from others, and that's using technology to help us surgically get the best results possible. Now, I'm going to have you just start with face and I'll just go down the body and we'll talk about how we'll do a regular, what's called a facelift, what Dr. Lakey does, which is a deep plane facelift, which requires extensive experience and knowledge. But he does a couple of other things that makes your results over the top. So the first thing obviously is to reduce the amount of bruising. And so uh, whether or not that's, whether surgeons put drains or things like that, but it's really the solution that we inject right off the bat. So we obviously inject an anesthetic uh, locally just so it minimizes the need for general anesthesia. Um, and the other thing that we do is you, you inject a mixture of what's called epinephrine, which reduces the small blood vessels. And a third thing, this has been more popularized over the last year, and this is transexamic acid. And so this is something that will reduce your bruising and bleeding. So that's the first thing. It's really kind of the preparing yourself for the surgery. So we inject the, it causes less bruising and swelling. Uh, and then we can perform the operation and y- you can see what you're doing as opposed to massive swelling obscuring your vision. Then uh, in doing some of these procedures, we do composite sort of lifts, the idea and use technology. And so for me, doing a deep plane facelift or a deep neck lift, um, as well as fat transfer to the face and CO2 resurfacing. But in addition, we use uh, I use the Elicor system for the upper lip because uh, rather than do an upper lip lift, I want to scarlessly shorten the upper lip. And so I use technology to my advantage. Same thing in the as far as a rhinoplasty. I mean, it's using technology. So I use the same injectable with transexamic acid in my rhinoplasty because I want less bruising and swelling. And uh, immediately afterwards, I have a 
uh, or, or intraoperatively, I should say, I use the 3D imaging and 3D printing to give me a guide, a profile guide, a width guide, all these things um, to, to essentially uh, give my patient what I've promised them in a 3D simulation. So it can look great to me on the table, but if it's different than the simulation, maybe the patient's not going to be as, uh, as happy. So the goal is to deliver what I've promised them. And that these are one ways, or a few ways. Now, you can talk about breast and body surgery. Sure, and, and, and everything we do, whether it's, it's face or body, we want you to have the best results, the least amount of downtime, and the fastest recovery time. Mm-hmm. So when we do, for example... A, I do a breast augmentation. Everyone in the breast augmentation gets something called an intercostal nerve block. So after you fall asleep, I will inject small amounts of an anesthetic into the region of the nerves that supply sensation to the breast. This will numb your breast for at least postoperatively, at least for a day, sometimes longer because I use a long-acting anesthetic. It's a beautiful way to keep you numb. You don't feel anything. You wake up like nothing's been done. That's the first thing. Second thing is handling the tissue properly. And that's, again, it's with experience. The more gentle you are, the faster you heal, and the less trauma there is to the skin, so the incisions heal nicer. Mm-hmm. The third thing is we really do an atraumatic technique like Dr. Lakey was talking about, whether or not it's with tumescent solution. Make sure there's as little blood in surgery as possible because blood is a very caustic stimuli. It makes things swell. It makes things hurt. Mm -hmm. More blood in an area always makes things more painful. So when there is no blood, it's a very easy recovery. Now, you know, each procedure is a little different. If we move on to liposuction, we use the tumescent solution. After surgery, we really bundle you up. We use something called toppy foam. We use foam on your skin in the areas of liposuction. Why do we do that? It has been shown to decrease bruising, swelling, and the downtime. And then we wrap you up. And Dr. Lakey and I are different than most surgeons. We make you not take any of these garments off for the first week. One week of no showering. And people find that to be the biggest torture after surgery. But it's a huge difference because that swelling doesn't get out of hand. And if we keep everything on for for a week, it really keeps all the swelling as limited as possible. So once we take it off, we're not catching up with it. Now, again... These are all little things that we like to do to optimize in surgery. Now, we also use radio frequency under the skin to tighten skin. Mm-hmm. We, use, we use lasers on the outside of skin to tighten skin. So many cool little things. You body effects to get rid of a little bit of cellulite on the back of the skin. All these things in surgery. So when you wake up, now there's a lot to do after surgery. Yeah, I think, uh, you know... Uh, it's different. You have done breast augs before where you're doing an augmentation and they have some stretch marks. You will actually perform the Morpheus, which is microneedling and radio frequency, because you know that regardless of the size you put in, those stretch marks mean that the skin has lost the reins of the horse. And so you're trying to improve your longevity of these things. And I think that's where you go one step further. I mean, you can easily get a breast augmentation. Someone can do it in 30 minutes. Um, but the idea is you have to look at the entire picture and we look 10 years down the line. And I think you do a great job of that. And it's, and it's very true because especially you, you make a really good point 
on the breast lifts. These mommy makeovers that come in to see us that have very sagging breasts that want them to be rejuvenated back to where they were before they had babies. You put an implant in and you do a lift. Well, like Dr. Lecky just said, the reins of the horse, the, the skin integrity has been completely destroyed from years of large and small and large and small breasts that basically create these stretch marks. Well, we've learned that the Morpheus really helps. So all the breast lifts, any breast augmentation that has uh, stretch marks, anybody who has stretch marks on the breast, we do everything we can to try to strengthen that. And this is done in surgery. And then we do it postoperatively as well. We don't mm -hmm. just stop it. So this is the way we really try to optimize your results and not just turn around and say, well, sorry, you had stretch marks. Those are your stretch marks. No, we want them to be as good as possible so you don't need another lift in three years or five years. And one thing I think that sets apart your... Uh you know, when, that sets apart your abdominoplasties is the fact that uh, you had mentioned earlier that you use a long-acting pain medicine. So, you know, most patients who undergo a an abdominoplasty, they say, oh my goodness, it was the most painful thing in the world. That's what we hear from other practices. Um, but in all reality, our patients, uh, you know, using Expirel or a 72-hour uh, long-acting anesthetic, uh, we inject the areas that are most painful. So for the first three days, our patients are numb. And so most of our patients feel pretty good for that week following surgery. Absolute game changer. I mean, this medication, Dr. Lake, you just brought up, is has changed, has revolutionized, especially the abdominoplasty, your tummy tuck operation. Because when you put those muscles back together, that's where people complain of the most amount of pain. Mm -hmm. Imagine you knock that off for the first three days. It is proven and it is shown. There are studies that show the most amount of pain after surgery is for the first three days. Mm -hmm. So if you can knock that out, that really hard part of a tummy tuck is gone now. So these are the little things that we like to do intraoperatively. So in surgery, other than the regular, you know, regular way to do a regular tummy tuck or facelift or breast dog or breast lift or liposuction, we like adding these tiny little things that makes your results easier and better. So now we obviously move to post-operative recovery and that's, you know, one of the biggest things, you know, prepping is very important, intraoperatively, of course, important, but post-operatively, it's like watering your, your seeds after you've planted them. And if you don't prepare for this part, or if you're a surgeon, I can't tell you how many times I hear other patients. So we're, if we're doing a revision, they say, my surgeon operated me, I never saw him again. I saw his MA or PA or something like that. Um, sure. and, and I understand if it's a very busy practice. I mean, we're a busy practice, but we always see our post-operative patients. So I think it's a special relationship you have with a patient. And just allaying some fears goes a long way to tell you what to expect. You see your surgeon, they can evaluate everything and let you know how you're doing, where, you know, where you're headed. Um, I know for facial surgery and rhinoplasty surgery, again, we go back to remedy place, post-operative IVs, uh, you know, sometimes for facelifts, I will send mine for hyperbaric oxygen uh, therapy because it reduces swelling. So it's three to five times that first week after surgery. And you would be surprised at seven days how good people look after a full-blown facelift. And rhinoplasty, same thing. You know, I send mine 
you know, we have a, a package where you can actually go to, uh, you know, a shortened version of cryotherapy because it reduces swelling, uh, you know, and this is at the appropriate time, usually uh, over a week after. But as you're healing, um, you know, Cold is rarely going to be detrimental when it's uh, when it's really fast. You know, the the worry is, oh my goodness, we're squeezing out blood supply and things like that. If there's a you know a patient with thin nasal tip skin, then obviously you're not a candidate for that. But usually, people with very thick skin, it's uh, relatively easy to put them in these procedures, and you'll see such a reduction in swelling. So that, in combination for my rhinoplasties, I'll use the uh, the three-dimensional splints. Those are custom acrylic clear splints um, that are, are are created for the patient. And it's almost like adjustable trays for the teeth. You put, there's a series of three, they progressively get smaller and they end up molding the nose into the new position and, and ultimately giving you a later result earlier. These are just tiny little things that we can do to help improve facial surgery. And, and patients love those splints. I see them come in and they feel so much better because you can barely tell anything's on there. It's clear. You don't have to tape your nose. It's not a big to-do. It's like putting a, an Invisalign in. Um, it's, it's really, it, it's, it's a big, it's a game changer for post-operative uh, rhinoplasty because it is important to wear some sort of compression. These things do matter. And it's interesting because some people will have much better results and some people won't because they're not, or I shouldn't say they won't, it'll just take a lot longer to get to that point. Um, now with that same thing said, what I think one of the most important post-operative regimens for, for, for a surgical procedure is for liposuction. And you know, you can be the best liposuction surgeon in the world, but if your patient doesn't follow the post-operative regimen that's laid out for them, they're not going to have the results that you're looking for. And this is what I like to do. And most other guys that do a ton of liposuction that are really good will tell you the same. Number one, compression garments. Compression garments are key. I think they're really, they really help keep the, the swelling down and they really help mold the, 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 the contour that we have created for you. That's the first thing. Second thing is post-operative liposuction massage. It's a little bit of lymphatic massage and it's also some contouring. Uh, you know, I love Brazilian or, or Latin American masseuses that really know how to do it. They break up scar tissue and really move around some of the fluid that's in there. I tell all of my patients at least once a week for four weeks, you'd be surprised the difference in contour and results if you really stick to this regimen. Definitely. Now, with it, it, along the same lines, if we take fat from somewhere and transfer it somewhere else, fat transfer is a very, very, very common procedure. Whether or not it's in the buttocks to make your butt rounder or fill it out, which is called a Brazilian butt lift, it's in the breast to give yourself a little bit more of a breast augmentation naturally, or in the face or anywhere else. Fat, if you take anything and transfer it, so when we take fat from one place and we transfer it to the other, it needs to grow in blood vessels. So number one, you need to be hydrated, very important. Hydration after surgery is very important for healing, a good nutrition, like I said again, high in protein, low in sugars, lower in carbohydrates, not completely gone, but lower in carbohydrates really helps, but really keeping your body hydrated because you need those blood vessels to feed blood to this area. 
We hope you're enjoying this episode. If you'd like more information about our practice, you can check out our Instagram. It's PlasticsDocs, P-L-A-S-T-I-X-D-O-C-S on Instagram for more information. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after a quick break. One one quick piece to that, I know we forgot, and it's a very important piece because nausea postoperatively can ruin a surgery because, great, great you, you know, and one thing that we do just prior to surgery is we give you a special medicine called Emend. Yes. It's something that you take uh, within the first hour and it quells your nausea after surgery. And so that's a very, uh, you know, it's a little adjunct. Is it uh, more expensive? Yeah, well, listen, but we, we prefer someone afterwards to not have nausea. You know, they'll come to us and say, oh my gosh, I had surgery before. I was so nauseous. That is detrimental to surgery. Could you imagine having a facelift and retching afterwards? That is a disaster. Uh So we always give this medicine and I can't remember the last time we had someone that was uh, nauseous enough where they had to vomit. Absolutely. And and it is, it's important. So so it's called EMEND. Um, Again, we don't have stock in it. Uh, um, if you're having surgery, just just ask your your plastic surgeon to order this for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just take this for any type of surgery you're having. Definitely. Um, and with that said, then we, we go back to fat transfer, and, and Dr. Lakey talked about hyperbarics. I've had incredible results taking people's implants out, replacing it with fat, and it almost looks the same, mm-hmm. literally, because they've been very hydrated and they've gotten even some IVs. They go to Remedy Place or wherever they like to go for hyperbarics. I like the hyperbaric chambers there. They're amazing. Um, And I tell people, if you can do once a week for four weeks after surgery, that's a great idea as well. And it really helps with the fat take. Now, moving along to, to other types of operations, and a lot of the operations that I do have scars that are very visible. Um, And taking care of your scars are as important as almost as how well we sew them up. So what to do after surgery for scar management? We have a whole podcast on this, but I'll just hit on it really quick and simple. Number one, after about 10 days, we like to start a scar care regimen. The best, the Rolls-Royce or Bentley of scar care regimens is something called the Embrace Scar Therapy System. Pre-stretched silicone sheet that's put on the scar once every 10 to 14 days for 60 60 days or so, so six sessions. Um, And this has shown in level with level one data, they've taken, basically the study was take a tummy tuck scar, cut it in half, treat half of it with, treat half of it without, it was night and day. Mm -hmm. So it's a little more expensive. If you can't afford it, simple silicone strips. You can buy them on Amazon. They're $20. Something that's going to apply gentle compression on the scar. I would use those for a couple months and gentle scar massage. With your finger, just massage your scars. Now, this is around breast scars, abdominal scars, liposuction scars, any of those. With that said, I normally like to wait up to a year, nine to 12 months. If your scars don't look great, we've got a whole regimen to throw at you. Microneedling, we've got the an NDAG, the Pico laser that we can use. We can use Morpheus. We can use a bunch of different types of lasers that can actually help remodel that scar and make it better as well. And that's something that we do. You know, obviously we want you to have the best possible results. And so for us, 
it's not that we charge you to improve the quality of this car. I know many times that post-operative, we look at this car and if there's pigmentation, I'll, we'll walk them right over to the laser and start lasering and, or microneedling and things like that just because we want your results to be perfect because if you're happy with your results, then you talk about it. And, and that's really the bulk of our practice is referrals. Very true. And, and again, we're going all over all these things. Not that these are our secrets. We want everyone to know about it. You're getting surgery in, in, in Milwaukee right now. Do these things. Ask your surgeon. If not, call us. We'll help you along. Embrace is sold on Amazon if you want to buy it. Mm -hmm. These are things that should be available to everyone around the country, not just the people that are coming to Beverly Hills. So these are the things that we like to tell you. And if your surgeon's not telling you this, Listen, I'm not saying they're wrong, but these are just really like clear-cut post-op regimens that will make you have a better result. Now, if you have breast implants, um, I am I'm one of those people that loves breast massage. You have to massage your implants. Keep that pocket open. We start that almost right away at a week because we don't want scar to fit to fill around it. We also treat you pre and post-operatively with a medication called Singular. Singular is an asthma medication. It's a leukotriene inhibitor. It's known as, as an anti-inflammatory. And there are some studies that show that that capsule or the scar tissue that it forms around the implant won't become hardened if we take this before and after. So again, some other little tricks that we like to do. Now, the first six weeks, you really are doing nothing. So these are the, the regimens that we throw at you. Now, after six weeks, we bring you and do other things. Mm -hmm. Now, whether it's a facelift that's getting some further Morpheus, and I'll let you talk about that, or whether it's a mommy makeover, all of our mommy makeovers, so all of our tummy tucks and all of our liposuction patients get a full course of M-Sculpt after. Mm -hmm. And the reason we do this is because the stomach muscles, that brain to muscle signal is gonna be lacking a little bit after six weeks. And your muscles are atrophied a little bit. So we wanna help you build that muscle so you can get back in the gym and make it even better. And resets your core and just uh, you know makes your results look so much better. So much better. As far as for you know facial and neck surgery, for me, I always say three to six months after surgery, we undergo another Morpheus set session, just because sometimes people come in with very crepey skin to the neck or to the face, and you can lift as much as you want, but it doesn't mean you're going to stop nodding and turning your head. It doesn't mean you're going to stop talking and forming lines around your mouth. So the idea is we want to prolong your results and give it some more longevity. I mean, an average facelift at last eight years, but uh, if we can get it 10 to 12, that means with little bits of maintenance along the way, I will definitely do that. So everyone who undergoes a facelift uh, at this practice automatically at three to six months later undergoes a Morpheus treatment, especially for the neck, just because we want to stimulate that collagen. And, and you know, and moving along, other things that, that again, can improve certain results um, is we've got radiofrequency treatments. We've got, uh, you know, microneedling treatments. These are all things that can be used if, for example, there's a little bit of a hardened scar somewhere. There's an area that needs a little bit of an adjunct. You know, we can inject scars. We can, we can do a lot of different things, but that's why it's really important to stick to your regimen, then right at six weeks, get in the gym and continue with everything you did before and after. Remember, the one big thing that I try to tell people, especially younger patients that come to me for body contouring procedures, we are not here as a weight loss um, 
crutch. We are not here to, to change your, your habits. We are plastic surgeons, okay? And we can really sculpt and define your body. You've got to help us and really help yourself. And the key is, and, I, and, I've, and I've seen this so many times over the last 13 years, a younger girl comes in really hard to lose some of her weight. And she's like, I really can't do it. Can you help? Mother's with her. We sit down and have a conversation. And I say, I could do this for you. But if you go back and gain weight, you're going to gain weight in other areas. And it's a way to really make a lifestyle modification. So if you're coming in for, for liposuction because there are areas of nagging fat, change your life. Don't go and gain weight so you need it more. If you're coming in here for a, a facelift with Dr. Lakey, dude, because of years of sun exposure and smoking and other things that have wreaked havoc, you have to stop those other habits so the results that you're going to get are going to last for a long time. If you don't do that, they're not going to last. So working out after surgery is a must do. We really emphasize it. And that's why we like the M-Sculpt first so they can feel really good, so they can feel like they can do everything. Definitely. At the appropriate time, obviously, you know, and each surgeon has their own uh, regiment and, and, and restrictions, you know, as far as length of restrictions. Um, and we like to see our patients fairly frequently so we can, you know, release you from certain restrictions. And, uh, you know, but we keep, if you're having abdominoplasty, that's going to be six weeks without heavy lifting over 15 pounds, just because we don't want, uh, you know, any of the stitches to pop or you to ruin the results. So, yeah, I mean, and, and again, you know, when, when we're laying out our post-operative, pre-operative and intraoperative regimens, it doesn't mean this is the gold standard around the world. Um, we think it's it's fairly common with, with our colleagues. Um, most board-certified plastic surgeons pretty much stick to these regimens. Um, and some of it's really common sense. I mean, if I, if I tell you, don't gain weight after liposuction, I'm not saying anything that's really like the holy grail. It's just common. I mean, it, it's if, if you come in here and you get a treatment to remove sunspots on your face, don't go sit in the sun. These are things that we shouldn't be telling people, but sometimes you really need to lay these out and really kind of make them as, as obvious as possible. So, you know, again, if you get paperwork from your surgeons, which you should, everything should be laid out for them. Like I said earlier, it'll tell you exactly what not to take. Don't take those supplements. They will make you bleed. They will make you have complications. They will make you have other problems. These are things, you know, when we tell people, hey, don't go swimming for six weeks because you've got a breast augmentation. The reason we're telling you is because that incision that we made is, it becomes completely watertight. Really, it's six weeks that it gets the strength that it has six weeks later. And we don't want a little bit of water getting in there and possibly giving you an infection. Mm -hmm. So all the things that we have, there's a tried, a tr you know, tried method behind it um, that has worked over the years. And that's why we're telling you guys. Mm -hmm. So listen, I hope that you, you know, and again, we're, even if you're having surgery somewhere else, the idea is hopefully you've taken some notes or go back and re-listen to the podcast because um, I think that if the surgeon doesn't offer it, it may be the way they trained. Maybe they don't know, or they've you know simply forgotten, or or this isn't part of their regimen. And so you have every right 
to bring these things up because again, it's your body, you're undergoing surgery and you want the best result. We want the best result for you. And, uh, you know, again, hopefully we've taught you something. So thank you so much for listening in. Uh, you know, we really appreciate that. Go ahead and follow us, uh, you know, by clicking that button below. Once again, this is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payment Danielpour. You can listen to us on your Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Peace. From iHeartRadio, Forever Young is a Cavalry Audio Golden Hippo production. We are produced by Brandon Morgan. Josh Windish does our editing and mixing. Payment and I serve as executive producers along with Dana Brunetti and Keegan Rosenberger. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.